about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why because we're, we're so doing smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. I think a lot of us imagine what we want and how lovely it would be until we get it. And we think, wait a minute, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Art Markman. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, reverse psychology. Most human beings whose age does not end in teen generally want to be cooperative. But there are situations in life in which you have created a bit of a rivalry with someone. There's a tension about how much cooperation you actually want to engage in. And so being contrarian occasionally, that can be a good strategy. Whenever anybody gets too consistent in any of their behaviors, it becomes possible to game the system with them and to get them to do something that they didn't intend to do by recognizing the reaction they're likely to have to something. And so the thing we call reverse psychology is really just gaming the system. It's finding someone who you believe is going to have a contrarian reaction to you and then making use of that by asking for the opposite of what you wanted in the hope that they will then engage in the reaction that you expected them to give you. Yeah, the idea of people who just adopts an oppositional stance, like I'm not going to do what you want me to do, And then having the presence of mind to think, well, what if I told you to do what I don't want you to do, thinking that you're not going to do what I want you to do and you'll do the other thing? That seems like a clever thing, doesn't it? Except in those instances when it doesn't work. Yeah. But I think it's become such a meme that we think that this is some ploy that is dependably usable anytime you find that you've got somebody who's not doing what you want. Just tell them what you don't want and they'll do the opposite thing. One of the questions when you're dealing with someone who's being oppositional to you is, am I trying to get you to do something for me right now? Or are we playing the long game here? Would I like to establish a relationship in which we're going to cooperate over the long term? And having been a parent of teenagers before, I understand the short-term strategy. But this idea of reverse psychology is a short-term strategy. If you get somebody to do something that they didn't want to do because of the way that you asked them and they thought that they were getting one over on you and it turns out you were actually manipulating them... In the moment, you get what you wanted from them. But when they figure out that they've been had, they're not so happy with you, less trusting. And it now may take a little bit longer for you to get what you want from them in the future. If you do use that strategy and someone does do what you actually intend and not what you told them you want, well, now you're practicing defiant behavior. Now this relationship, you're rehearsing this scenario that you don't want to continue over the long term. There are times where you just think, look, I just got to get you to do this thing and whatever it takes, I'm going to get you to do it. But before you employ deception to get what you want in any situation, it's worth stepping back and asking, how important is it to deceive people in this situation relative to what it is I'm trying to accomplish? Yeah. If you're trying to keep people walking calmly and orderly out of a building when there's actually an emergency, letting them know it's just a drill could be perfectly fine. They will probably not be that angry later when they find out that it wasn't. Not that deception should never be used to achieve the goals you're trying to achieve, so much as that you should really think through whether this was necessary for what you're trying to get and whether this is the best 
long-term strategy. And yeah. so to try to get something that you want from somebody by deceiving them about your true intent is often more likely to create long-term problems than to solve any problem. Yeah. Everything that we do when we're interacting with other people is contributing to the development of the relationship. And you have to ask the question, how do you want this relationship to develop over time? What kind of experience do you want to put in your memory and in the memory of the other person so that over time it becomes something that's pleasurable and dependable and joyful and all the things that we want good relationships to be? Most of us don't really think about the idea of reverse psychology as deception necessarily, right? We think about, well, I need you to do something and that's my short-term need. So I'm going to get this done by doing this thing that I know will get you to do it, even though it's not really what I want. But over a long period of time, when relationships become something that we don't want them to become, I mean, often we see, how do we get to this point? There's still this defiant, oppositional kind of experience that I'm having with my child or with a loved one or whatever. And often it's because we've now employed strategies that in the short term might have solved a problem immediately, but over the long term don't develop the kind of relationship that we want to have. It is exhausting to have to start thinking about the motives of everyone who's asked us to do something. Yeah. I'd much prefer to deal with people who, when they ask me to do something, I'll say, yeah, okay, I'm going to help you out here, or I can't help you out in this situation. Here's why. Some of this is about agency. There are lots of control elements that we all dream about, right? So some of it is, oh, I could use reverse psychology, and then you'll do what I want without you knowing it. Or, you know, if I could hypnotize you. But particularly, one of the goals of being a successful parent is to raise children who go off to become independent human beings that other people like being around <laughs> and who managed to survive on their own. Yeah. If in fact your children always did what you wanted them to do, then they wouldn't be acting particularly independently. Yeah. Part of that defiance is what's sometimes called a life task. You know, as a child, separating yourself, creating yeah. that individual identity, that individual sense of agency, and as much of a pain it is in the moment, at least parts of that should be celebrated. Yeah. I don't know of many jobs more difficult than being a parent. But I think at the same time, when you're trying to think about what you want to nurture in a child and what's required to do that, it does require a different kind of interaction than just getting people to do what you want. Judith Rich Harris passed away recently, and she was one of the first people to write extensively about how little impact right. actually parents have on their children. And it's not that parents don't have any impact on their kids. Thanks. It's a whole lot less than we think. Yeah. We should all relax a little bit. You can mess up, but not too badly. If the worst thing that you ever do is to use a little, quote, reverse psychology on your kids, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. Oh, Next time, we'll talk about Occam's Razor with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.